Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unscaled Travel Show. I'm Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be with my co-host and my exploring partner, as always, Amy. Hello. Hello. It's wonderful to see you. It's wonderful to see you, and too. And it's wonderful to see all of you out there. You're looking good, losing weight. Like to hear it. Uh, you know, <laughs> we, I don't know. We are deep into our talks about dark tourism, haunted places, and we're ready to give you some more haunted locations, some of the best cities that you can visit this Halloween or any Halloween to get your haunted fix on out there, right? Right. For me, every time Halloween season comes around, there's always those few cities that you think of as quintessentially Halloween. Sure. And we've never had the opportunity to visit any of these. And finally, this year we did. And I was so very excited to go to what I consider the pinnacle of Halloween towns. Mm. Which one would that be? That would be Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, I, I hear the excitement in your voice. If you could see her face right now, she's positively <laughs> bursting. I love Halloween. And when you think of Halloween towns, a lot of towns come to mind. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people think Sleepy Hollow. Or there's a town, a small town in Oregon called St. Helens that the Disney movie Halloween Town was based on. Some people also think of savannah or new orleans or even the town in colorado that um the shining was based on that hotel oh, the, the stanley hotel right yeah. but for me when i think halloween i think salem oh well that's a good point you know so much of our like travels and so much of our uh you know halloween or spooky literature or darker literature you know it's it's kind of hard to separate fact from fiction there are factual places there are cities with a really dark past uh, there are places like uh, Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. often cited as one of the most haunted uh, cities in the United States. Then there are places like Salem, which also have, you know, a, a very deep history and dark periods within that history. And then there are places uh, kind of like Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. more known for the story by Washington Irving than anything that I, I mean there was no headless horseman right there was none of that but the the story itself made it famous and then there were movies and things like that because it's yeah. very fun unfortunately if you even go to the uh, i think destination sleepy hollow or visit sleepy hollow website they're like hey look the movie with johnny depp was shot in england there are no <laughs> locations here you know we hate to disappoint people but it's a story and right you know but you know the town Right. Even if you don't, you know, even if you don't know the history of it. It doesn't discourage people from going no. there. And we even and looked at be. going there because just the the entertainment value of mm-hmm. going to these towns that really enjoy fall and Halloween and just the fun of the holiday makes it makes it a a destination. You know, yeah. And we looked at going to Sleepy Hollow, but we ultimately had to choose between Sleepy Hollow or, or Salem. And mm-hmm. for for us, for me, I I chose Salem because I've, I've always just wanted to go there. But that doesn't mean we will not go to Sleepy Hollow. My intent is for next year we we visit Sleepy Hollow and we can talk about that town. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, we set out on a mission when it when it came time. Like we were going to visit some of these places 
And, we, you know, we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty of it. We want to hear the story. We like the fantastical parts, the spooky parts. But we also, a little bit later on the show, we're going to talk to some of the people from the Salem Witch Museum, which is not what it might seem on the surface when you hear that. Right. You would think it's all about the legend. It's all about the, the hauntings and stuff like that. They are actually there to put some fact mm-hmm. along with the fiction to give you a better understanding, a clearer understanding of what actually happened. Because what actually happened in Salem is a tragedy. Right. It is, I mean, there, it was basically murder. Right. A justice system, you know, this might sound familiar, justice system failed 20 people and they lost their lives because of it. And hundreds more were imprisoned. And here, you may think you know what happened yeah. in Salem. You may think you know the whole witch trials. Mm-hmm. And maybe you do to a small extent. But actually hearing all of it, seeing it in front of your eyes, definitely, it, it's sad. And that was not, I honestly wasn't prepared for it. I thought, okay, I know what's about to happen. And then mm-hmm. you walk out of there and it's a completely different thing. Not to diminish the fun that Salem has. Uh, they yeah. they really have embraced being a Halloween town. They have a festival every single weekend of the month of October. And they encourage tourists to come there. But they do want to educate people on what actually happened, on mm-hmm. the true dark history of, of their town. And we're going to get into that in, in just a little bit, just a couple of minutes. We're going to actually talk about their their haunted happenings, which yeah. is their all month long in October celebratory thing. And it's super, super popular. But before we get into that, there's a few other places. If you have time, you're looking for some destination cities. We mentioned a few of them that have a lot of haunted offerings. And you may know some of these. Some of them are very prevalent and well-known. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. New Orleans has a hugely deep haunted history. Lots of ghost tours, lots of cemetery tours, tons of uh, different things, you know, uh, darker tourism, which is kind of what this all fits into, uh, that go into the voodoo and hoodoo and, and, and a dark past with slavery and all the wars that were fought over the port of New Orleans and through the city and everything can lead to a lot of dark energy. Yeah. As our friend Cindy Keza, who joined us uh, very recently for an episode told us, you know, a lot of these cities have this dark energy that just, they can't shake because, one, they're very old cities. Yeah. Two, there's just so much that happens. Mm-hmm. So places like New Orleans, places like Savannah we just mentioned, Washington, D.C. Really? is a very haunted experience. I've never even considered Washington, D.C. as being a mm-hmm. spooky or haunted town. But I guess that does make sense if if history is playing a part in... Mm-hmm. In the spookiness, in the hauntedness of a town, in the paranormal aspect of it, there would be a lot of history in, in D.C. Uh, a place like Polly's Island, South Carolina. And you'll notice a lot of these are in older places, older colonial places, places where like Civil War battles happened. Mm-hmm. Gettysburg uh, is said to be very haunted. Lots of energy uh, in that city. And even places... That are more active and open, like Chicago, yeah, have a deep history, have a dark moments, a lot of dark moments, a great fire right. where a lot of people lost their lives. So anywhere you have these mass events where like a lot of people maybe died, or maybe there was uh, you know different places had malaria outbreaks and things. That, it's not all wars, 
I guess, and it's not all murders. But I guess San some Francisco would kind of fit in into San that Francisco, too. Portland, Portland, yeah. Um, New York, maybe. I mean, uh, New York no, seems New York, yeah. Seems to have this other vibe. But if you really start thinking about tragedies that have happened in some of these older towns, mm-hmm. pretty much all of our major cities on each of the coast would kind of fit into. And then, to dark you know, tourism. There's a, a, a surprising number of ones that are that are in the middle to, for different reasons, like the Shoshone ice caves in Idaho. Oh. Um, what, did you go there? You were not. I went to the Shoshone waterfall, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, uh, my friend John and I, we we had uh, lunch in, in Twin Falls and and near and near the Shoshone Falls. Uh, very nice little town. <laughs> and that's what it appears on the surface level. All of these places, a lot of them beautiful, nice little cities, some of them bigger cities, major cities, but they all have that undercurrent mm-hmm. of darker energy. Yeah. And if we're talking about dark tourism, haunted tourism, that's exactly what you're looking for. Right. Uh, especially in the, you know, fall, October kind of months, or even if, you know, there's a lot of, there's a popularity growing of like darker, uh, you know, darker Christmas. Dark Christmas. Dark Christmas. Hmm. So, you know, it's growing. It's growing. Hey, who are we to judge? Yeah. I don't know. We do Nightmare on uh, not, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas is our lot. Halloween decorations usually. A lot. Yes. Stay right here. Unscaled Travel Show. We're talking dark tourism. Welcome back to the Unscaled Travel Show. It's Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. As always, find us on fullmetaltraveler.com for all of our past episodes and guest interviews. Uh, We are brought to you by Diamondback Land Surveying. For all of your land surveying needs, contact Diamondback Land Surveying at 702-823-DBLS at 702-823-3257. Or you can visit them online at diamondback.com landsurveying.com special thanks to trent and lisa keenan for all of their support of the show and of course our wonderful las vegas community where we record our show so um speaking of wonderful communities we we talked a little bit last uh last segment about salem massachusetts we got a chance to go and visit we want to thank our friends over at destination salem so much for welcoming us Get us, uh, you know, set up some interview slots for us and, you know, kind of showed us around town. We really, really do appreciate all of our tourism uh, friends that really go out of their way to help us uh, with this show. It's made a lot easier by their help and and doing the legwork before we get to a lot of these places. So uh, before we talk to our friends over at the Salem Witch Museum, we want to talk about Salem's Haunted Happenings. Now, this has been going on since 1982, I believe. I think that's what they 1982, said. 1982, yeah. they decided, you know what? We are going to lean into the Salem Witch Trials, which are unfortunate. They happened in 1692, so a couple hundred years later. Uh, and this has really blown up. Mm-hmm. It is really, I mean, this was 10 years before the movie Hocus Pocus was actually filmed, right. and if you didn't know that, Disney's Hocus Pocus movie with Bette Midler was filmed in and around Salem, Massachusetts. A lot of the 
places that are featured in the show, you can actually still go visit. Yeah. At least the outsides of them. Yeah, yeah. And we did that. Which we did, and I I loved loved it. it. I watch Hocus Pocus every year. It's one of those (laughs) cult classics. Mm -hmm. You know, it came out when I was a young teenager, and our our daughter watches it now, too. So it was very exciting to walk up and see the houses and some of the other locations from the movie. And they actually have tours that you can go on and stop Mm -hmm. at the various locations. Some of them are open to the public. Others are not. Um, One thing I would suggest if you are going to Salem is to try to figure out what you want to do and see if you need a pre-purchase tickets because there were a few places we didn't know we were going to stop by and we did end up making our way there and they were already sold out for the day and this is first thing in the morning. So if you're going to Salem in an October, try to figure out what you want to do and find out if you need to either pre-purchase tickets or some places were free, but you still had to sign up for an entry time. Yeah. Yeah. They're still very particular about that because, um, yes, there was a pandemic, but (laughs) in other words, there's a ton of people. Right. Uh, we actually caught it on a less busy day. We did. And there were still mobs of people, but there can be days where you go there and it's just wall to wall with people on right. sidewalk to sidewalk up and they do a good job they they close off a number of streets to uh, vehicles mm-hmm. to where it's only pedestrians allowed and there's still mobs of people uh the best thing they've they told me if you're coming in from out of town try to take the train in so you don't have to find a place to park because as you can imagine in a smaller city like we found out in Tivoli yeah. not too long ago it is uh, uh oftentimes hard to find places to park right uh unless you get there super super early or you have a friend lay down in the middle of the street and save you a spot <laughs> right yeah it's 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 hard yeah. to uh do that so you want to take a train in or there's a ferry that comes in from from boston different areas uh we didn't know that we took a car but, we chanced it but we did get there very, we early. Got there very early. We got there about eight thirty on a Sunday morning, so there was plenty of parking. But saying that, most things did not open until ten. Mm-hmm. So we stopped and had breakfast and did a little bit of walking around. But we did that because we knew it was going to be crowded. Yeah, which it worked out for us. By the time we left there around five o'clock that Sunday, it was starting to get very crowded. The sun was starting to set. More people were showing up on the streets. I think we left just in time. But I had seen articles seeing accounts of people saying that they have stood in line for over an hour just to walk into a store to shop a lot of the stores and restaurants and attractions had people at the door monitoring entrance and exit so it's not too crowded inside which is nice but that does mean you will be in line places so just be aware if you're going to go to salem in october you're probably going to stand in line like it's disney be aware have patience and know that it's a small community, everyone's doing their best. So just you know, and if and if you don't have patience, well, then just keep it moving. Uh, we right. did stand in line for a few minutes for something that we really wanted to do, which was grab some candy somewhere. Yes. Now we're still munching on it. If you can hear it, <laughs> where did where did we stop? It was called Ye Old Pepper Company, and it claims to be <coughs> the oldest candy company in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's a very tiny little shop right there in the main part of the downtown area. But they make homemade fudge, homemade truffles, homemade turtles, which my favorite. They also have various flavored licorices and other old-timey candy that you would have, I guess, seen 
hundreds of years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's a good collection of things, but it is very small. We did stand in line, but the line moved rather quickly. It's not a store that you loiter about in. It's just big enough to kind of walk around, see what you want and check out. So the line moved pretty quickly, but I can say definitely worth the wait. Oh yeah. We, we got some strawberry, uh, licorice yeah from there and oh i've I've been chewing on it ever since like my dentist thanks (laughs) the candy company well i ate uh, ate all the turtles so you know (sighs) Uh, (laughs) we also i mean there's tons of uh, they had a surprisingly good amount of like uh eateries to Mm -hmm. stop at we stopped at uh brody's seaport and got some great food got a wonderful lunch like you said we had breakfast there it's one of those days just like come prepared. People dress up. Right. Saw tons of people in costume. It's encouraged. Yeah. Come there with the kids. It's like, it's great family time. Lots of great photo, uh, photo, photo opportunities. Yeah. There's haunted houses that, you know, people have just made up in stores and everything. And there's uh, people dress, obviously dressed up as witches. Right. And there's uh, like entertain. It's almost like a Fremont Street kind of feel. There's yeah. kind of entertainers. That are dressed up in period pieces or different outfits that you know they've spent a lot of time, a lot of money on, probably mm-hmm. that you can you know take pictures with, and it's it's surprising it's how a, much there was to do. It was a big festival atmosphere, yeah. mm-hmm. but on top of that, there were dozens of what I would call attractions, museums, um, haunted houses, like you said, different walking tours, cemeteries. cemeteries you can go visit. Which it it sounds a little morbid, but that's what we're talking about is dark tourism. And Salem kind of had a little bit of everything. And then even if you're wanting a break from that, they have a very rich history outside of the Salem witch trials. So we were able to visit a few other historical sites that, you know, I I never even thought about when I think of Salem. So it was it was fun. I had a a really fun day there. Or even if you like Nathaniel Hawthorne. Right. He's from the area. He wrote (laughs) some he wrote some stuff. I want to check it out. Yeah. Some stuff I, I skipped over in high school. <laughs> when we come back, he said we are going to chat with our friends over at the Salem Witch Museum. Uh, we're going to have fun. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty of it. What's true? What isn't true? Well, we got the answers for you right here on Scale Travel Show. We'll be right back. Unskilled Travel Show. I'm the Full Metal Traveler, Jeremy Long, and we're here in Salem, Massachusetts, home of the famous, you know, Salem Witch Trials. I think they also do pancakes here. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's more about the Salem Witch Trials of 1692, where hundreds, thousands, even people were accused of witchcraft. A few people lost their lives. It's a story that we learn across our nation when we're young. And it's prevalent. It is kind of uh, common knowledge now, but we're at the epicenter of it all. Really excited to be here for October's Haunted Happenings right here in Salem. And joining me, Jonah Hoffman of the Salem Witch Museum. Jonah, how are you doing today? I'm great. Glad to be here. Uh, the Salem Witch Museum uh, is on a mission. And it may not be what people think it is on the surface level as far as they hear Salem Witch Museum, they think it's going to be ghouls and goblins, but this is more factual 
Tell us a little bit about what you guys do, what your mission is. So the mission of the Salem Witch Museum is to be the voices of innocent victims of witch trials from 1692 as well as the European witch trials. So there are thousands of people accused of witchcraft throughout history and we want to tell their stories and we want to talk about the witch hunt formula. So this formula is what we present at the end of our exhibit that is fear plus a trigger equals a scapegoat. Any sort of underlying fear that could be triggered by an event will lead to some vulnerable community being scapegoated. Could be an individual, could be a group of people. This happens today, it's going to continue to happen. So we want to discuss that on, a, uh, that on a broader term. So not just in the context of witch trials, in the concept of witchcraft and magic, but just in a general terms, because this has happened and it will continue to happen. And we want to bring awareness to this idea. So I guess a more modern take would be, maybe be McCarthyism mm -hmm. uh, in the 50s or uh, the AIDS pandemic, maybe in the, the late 70s, 80s, if anyone was around for that, you know, you know, it would, just like, just like the Salem witch trials, it didn't take a whole lot of evidence to really accuse and get people in a lot of trouble. I mean, right now, I could just kind of be like, you're a witch. You got a you know, nose ring and you're wearing a hat. Get this guy out of here. You know, I mean, what really went into it? I mean, when you go through and sit in the presentation... It's not like they had a whole lot of physical evidence. Right, so spectral evidence is this idea that comes forth during the Salem Witch Trials. And this idea is put forth specifically with the creation of the Court of Oyer and Terminer. So this is a special court that was put in place just to try witchcraft uh, cases here in Massachusetts. So the idea of spectral evidence is, of course, that it's intangible. This is the afflicted, people who are being attacked or bewitched, are telling others that they are being attacked and bewitched. And they're doing this by saying that they can see the specter of people. So we know what a specter is, right? It's a ghost maybe, or some kind of a spirit. But this specter is coming to attack them. It's pricking them with pins. It's tormenting them in their sleep. And because we can't see it, right, we can't really say that it's not there. So they're relying on this idea of spectral evidence to kind of fuel some of these cases and push them forward. We have to remember that a lot of people um, are already been accused of witchcraft before this. People like Bridget Bishop had been accused twice before formally, so she's kind of a prime suspect for when this starts to take hold. And since we don't have to rely upon a physical evidence, it's very easy to say, look there, I see a yellow bird, it is her specter. <laughs> so that, that is something that has happened during this, not related to her, but in general. It wasn't just women that lost their lives. Right. Tell us a little bit about the, some of the men that were accused. Right, so we have two in particular that I think most people are familiar with. That would be John Proctor and George Burroughs. So George Burroughs was originally the minister of Salem Village. He moved to Maine. He was actually taken from Maine back down to Massachusetts to be tried for witchcraft. And what's interesting about him, of course, is because he is a minister, he's considered to be a very holy individual. He wasn't very well liked, obviously, at this time <laughs> period when he was brought back down. But he passed a test. So we have folk tests or things that we would think of as folk tests that kind of determine, for at least people during this period, guilt of a person. So the prayer test was very important to Puritans. A witch supposedly was not able to recite the Lord's Prayer. They were physically incapable of doing it. On the gallows, George Burroughs recites it perfectly. Cotton Mather says, it's a trick of the devil. It don't matter. Yeah. It's a trick of the devil, and he is sent, of course, to be hanged. We have John Proctor, who was a very vocal dissenter of this. His wife is accused. She's sent to prison. He's very shortly after sent to prison after speaking out against the witch trials. And so those are just two I think that most people are probably very familiar with. So let's talk about Salem today. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a very short time. 
1692, over 300 years ago. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, why do you think people are still fascinated by this? And what's the appeal? What's the draw? Because you go, you step right outside, and there's a gaggle. Gaggle? Is that the best word? There's gaggles of people everywhere, or a brood. There you go. I like that one. There's broods of people everywhere, and they flock here every October. Why do you think that is? So Salem really is a destination kind of location now, and that's not just because of our association with Halloween, which of course is a modern invention. Um, The Salem witch trials are still very pervasive, and people are interested in them, not just because we hear about them in school, right? They are very unique circumstances that take place here in American history. So witch trials as a general concept are not very unique to the history of the world. You have the European witch trials, of course. Other places in the world still... um, will put people to death for witchcraft. We did a lecture a few months ago with witch trials taking place in Nigeria and other places in Africa. Mm -hmm. So this is very prevalent even in modern society. The Salem witch trials are hundreds of years ago, but it's important to understand that witch trials still actually take place today in a form that we would consider to be a little more closely associated with that. When people come to Salem, they think about Halloween, they think about witchcraft as fun, and witches are fun in some contexts. Popular culture, we have the Wizard of Oz, people love Harry Potter. Things like that. So this kind of association is fun. It's lighthearted. But it's important to understand that there are still places that are suffering, people that are suffering from witch trials. Salem, of course, when we come here, we see that this is a unique thing in American history. There were other witch trials that took place in America, but Salem was so different because of this idea of spectral evidence, because there were these 20 people that were executed, because there was so much flair and pomp and circumstance, if you will, Mm. as this was taking place, and then the kind of abrupt end that happened after that. Of course, we have Governor Phipps in October 29th, 1692. He says that he's going to put an end to it. People still are languishing in jail, so it doesn't end when he says that it's over, basically. It still continues on. But it was such a big deal at that time period that they kind of pressed it down. This was a very embarrassing event for Massachusetts history, so this kind of languished forgotten for a while. Mm -hmm. It's been kind of resurgencing over the years. We have in the Civil War, for example, we have people in the Confederacy that are saying, you know, the Yankees that burn the witches, and this kind of starts to come back into prevalent mind. Um, So that's just a few examples of how this kind of has come up over the years. But when people come to Salem, they hear about it in school, they have read The Crucible, they've seen the play. Of course, Arthur Miller admits openly that this is historical fiction, but he did take the names, he did take the- Thanks a lot, Arthur Miller. (laughs) So don't believe the play, um, everything that you hear in that. But it's true that it has a lot of relevance even today. Even in the 50s, it's brought forward and the idea that we see the term witch hunt still being used now. Yeah. In various contexts, because it's still happening. Witch hunts take place today, whether they be closer, like in some places like Nigeria or India, or in a different context, depending on the attack of a marginalized group of people. For first time visitors here, for the people who come to Salem, never, maybe they've heard the witch trials. You know, mo- it's hard to escape here in the United States. It's probably one thing you hear about when you're very young. But for first time visitors, what do you recommend they do? How do you uh, suggest they experience the town? Right. So Salem has a lot of great history that is witch trials related, maritime related. One of the things that we would say if you're coming here because you love Halloween, because you love the idea of witches, witchcraft, you're interested in that, take the time to go to the memorial, the Salem Witch Trials Memorial, which is on Charter Street. Those victims, all but Rebecca Nurse and George uh, Jacobs, 
they are the only two that were fairly certain whose bodies were ever recovered. So these people that are here, they get their own kind of proper memorial. They didn't have that at the time that they were executed. So take the time to go visit the memorial, learn some information, take a trip through the cemetery and see some of the people that were associated with the trials. Go to one of the museums, go to the Salem Witch Museum, take some time to look at our education material that we have. And just, you know, take it all in, like Jonas said, because it's a beautiful town. It's a beautiful place, even without if witches aren't even your thing. There's so much history, Hawthorne houses and different places like that that you could visit so many maritime museums and things. Stop on by Destination Salem. Thank you so much for helping us set all of this up. Get out here if you can every October for the haunted happenings. It's a mouthful whenever you're not used to saying that. Keep it right here. Unscaled Travel Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Unscaled Travel Show. I'm Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. As always, get in contact with us at fullmetaltraveler.com for all of our past episodes and guest interviews. You want to log on there too. Check them all out, man. We got some great stuff. We got some great stuff on the website, as always, right? As always. It's my catchphrase, as always. We're brought to you by Diamondback Land Surveying for all of your land surveying needs whether that's here in Nevada or Arizona, California, all up and down the West Coast, contact Diamond Backland Surveying at 702-823-DBLS at 702-823-3257 or by visiting them online at diamondbacklandsurveying.com. You know, our friends over there, they were just honored with another award to add to their list and list of awards from Henry's Place for all of their community outreach for everything that they do. So Trent, Lisa Keenan, man, they're just pillars of the community. And we would definitely not call them witches back in the day. <laughs> Although Trent does have black magic. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, for everything that we did in Salem, um, there were still things that surprised us. Still things that were left short. And I know you had a number of things that surprised you, but also like, we need to go back there right. and check it all out. We, we only had one day in Salem. Uh, you could We could have spent the entire week in there and still not seen everything that we wanted to see. <coughs> they have so much stuff to do, so many places to see. It, you, you can't do it all in one weekend. I mean, you could go every single weekend in October and probably still not hit everything. One of the places that we were going to go into and just didn't have time was the Peabody Exit Museum. I can't say it. I say Peabody, but apparently that is not how they say it. They, they will there. correct you quick they and will say correct. Peabody. It's Peabody Exit Museum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, huge. It's a huge museum actually mm-hmm. in their downtown area. But they had said that the museum doesn't usually show artifacts relating to local, like local artifacts from around the witch trials time. But for some reason this year they had decided to have an exhibit and they did have local artifacts on display from the time of the witch trials. And I so wanted to go in there, but our day was already packed and we just didn't make it. So I'm hoping next year they have the same exhibit and Mm -hmm. we can stop in there again. You know what I was surprised about, Uh, which 
it shouldn't have surprised me, but it did. But the pirates. Right. I was like, why are people dressed up as pirates? Right. And then it occurred to me, oh, they're, yeah, it's a harbor. Uh, and it was a major one back in the day, you know. So right. I thought the same thing because there were so many. There was a pirate museum, a pirate. and there was a pirate walking tour, yeah. and you're like, pirate uh, Salem is known for witches. But then you start looking around, and it makes sense. All oh, right, it's it's a harbor. <laughs> they would have had boats and pirates here too. Yeah. So you think you know Salem? You think you know it's all about witches? Yeah. Have we mentioned Nathaniel Hawthorne? Right. American uh, uh, author was. Born there, his whole family. Uh, we actually saw a number of the Hawthorne gravestones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of accumulated and put it all together, like the, uh, where Nathaniel Hawthorne's his birth house, uh, homes that his family has owned, and, and different iterations and generations, and and, and things, which is very fascinating. If you're a literary, uh, you know, like our daughter, she just loves and she dives into literary history and and, and things of that nature, but also. It's it's New England, right? So mm-hmm. within driving distance, or if you take the trains or anything like that, there's so much to explore. Right. There's just there's such little t- uh, time. I mean, we actually stayed in a place that we call Concord, but they call Concord. Concord. And mm-hmm. you better get that right, <laughs> or some lady will look at you really mean. Like, um, but in Concord, we actually stayed at the Colonial Inn, Concord right. and Concord's Colonial Inn, which was built in 1716. Before this was even a nation, this this inn was was uh, was built, and it was actually one of the uh, it stored gunpowder and guns and everything for the local militia, which kind of led to the first shots of the Revolutionary War, which would create the United States of America at a bridge that's like right down right. the street. We literally walked over to it. Yeah, ten minute walk from this inn. There's so much history, and I love history. Right, I'm a history nerd. So for me, loving history. It was a place I wanted to explore more. Right. Didn't get a chance to because, again, a limited amount of time. But it also comes with its own hauntings mm-hmm. and different uh, spooky things that, yeah, and even just like October festivals that these towns throw that it's, that's fun for the whole family. So you could spend a countless amount of time right. in just the New England area, driving area, and find all of these fun things. And in fact, coming up, Soon, we got an invitation to go to the Lizzie Borden house, which is in Fall River. Right. Which is a couple hours away. It's a little bit of a drive. About an hour, hour and a half, uh, you know, south, whatever, of uh, Boston. Mm -hmm. But we got to go there and experience. But we're going to talk about that probably uh, next episode. Maybe. And we'll do that next episode. (laughs) We'll keep this one more. But there, I was just, I was surprised. I don't know why. Maybe, uh, you know, not. I didn't have any expectations. I just wanted to go in with just open eyes and go, okay, what's what's this got to offer? Mm-hmm. Because Salem and the areas around it are literally places that almost everyone has heard of. Right. Because of the witch trials. Yeah. You hear about it from a very young age. Well, and every person I told that we were going to Salem, they were all like, that is so cool. You're going to <laughs> Salem during Halloween time. Yeah. I wish I could go. And that was exactly what I was thinking. And I... I will say, too, I didn't have many expectations outside of just knowing that Salem is famous for the witch trials, but I was very pleasantly surprised with how much they had to offer. One of the things we tried to do, but it was closing when we got there, was the Pioneer Village, and it Mm. it is actually one of the 
sights from Hocus Pocus, the Disney movie. If you remember the opening of it, they fly right. over this village. That's right. the actual Pioneer Village. The Pioneer Village was built in 1930, and it is America's first living history museum. So basically, it is an actual functional village where they have like blacksmithing and <coughs> basically show you how people lived yeah. back at that time and I so wanted to go there but unfortunately they closed at four o'clock and we didn't have uh we had too much going on before then so that is one of the first things I want to do when we go back want to go back to the pioneer yeah village. I want to go back to pioneer village and see it if you like history you have to go to Salem yeah. there's just so much there so and, much to see and that doesn't even account for the like leaf peeping mm-hmm. that so many you know that the area is famous for now I, I'm guessing in like two weeks, the whole area is going to be orange and red and everything. Right. And we saw shades of it. Yeah. Uh, not disappointed, not complaining no, about no. it. Uh, definitely bring a raincoat. Yes. Definitely bring a jacket. As you uh, know, it always rains on us. And every it time did we take rain. a trip, and yeah. it <laughs> did rain. It poured at one point. We're standing in the rain uh, outside of a scary location. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it never fails. But this time we did bring an umbrella. We just left it in our luggage. <laughs> we're not so, smart people. So we're like, but hey, we have fun. bring an umbrella. So we've gotten to the point where we can bring an umbrella. We just didn't utilize the umbrella because, you know, <laughs> we left it in the luggage, which defeats the purpose. And I was just, I, I can't say enough good things about that area. Um, I was just pleasantly, pleasantly surprised because I don't, you Me know, again, too. I don't know what I was thinking going in. Really, I just wanted, like, the spooky part. That was right. the surface level. Let's go to this area that has this, you know, spooky haunted history and everything. But came away with a brand new respect, a brand new, mm-hmm. really, a love for New England, the great food. The people were very nice. And it was wonderful to hear Boston accents. Oh, yeah. From someone other than Hollywood people trying to do bad Boston accents. True Boston, New England accent. When you hear them, you're like, is somebody playing this up? And like, no, that's a beautiful Boston accent. And I'm not <laughs> even going to try to replicate it because people are going to get mad at me. But I was just, I kept smiling at you going, oh, Boston accent. You know, every time they took our order or, you know, does not get out, the shop's not open. Um, every single time, man. I, I just love it. So any of those, these areas, if it's if you can do it, if you're looking for places, Washington, D.C., New Orleans, Salem, uh, that whole area, uh, Concord, Lexington, uh, even around Plymouth and these yeah. places. We, uh, we did also go down to Plymouth Rock. We did go. We saw Plymouth and Rock. And we toured um, the Mayflower, too. We did. Which is a replica of the Mayflower. A really cool experience. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not a huge history person, but when you are immersed in it, it gives you a new respect for for history. So tons of places you can add to your list. If you can't get to them this fall, make it a point to go out next season. Go out there, see the leaves change. It's beautiful. See the you know, immerse yourself in the history, get a little spookiness into your diet as well. And remember to bring your umbrella. And always and carry it with you. Carry your <laughs> umbrella because you don't want to look like an idiot standing out in the rain, 10 o'clock at night in a hoodie. The like only one someone, not carrying an umbrella. The only person not carrying an <laughs> umbrella. Uh, for everyone here, Jeremy Long, this is Unskilled Travel Show. We'll see you next time.